Support for today's episode comes from Manscaped. Manscaped has the right tools to get the job done quickly, safely, and hygienically. And we're less than a month away from Father's Day now. If your father is as hairy as mine, there's a good chance he needs some type of trimmer. And I can confirm that the Manscaped trimmer works just fine all over the body, whether it be face, chest, below the belt, legs, you name it. It will take care of that hair. You can also get one for yourself, as they say, like father, like son. I can confirm I'm a pretty hairy guy, unfortunately for me. But the Manscaped trimmer took care of my beard just fine, which means it can handle yours as well. Or if you're looking for some cleaning up below the belt, it, of course, is prepared specifically for that with the Lawnmower 3.0, as the ceramic blades will prevent any pinching or painful moments down there. So head to manscaped.com and use code DNVR20 to get 20% off plus free shipping. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. With locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch, you can pick up your Breck Brew or get it delivered from either location. I'm Nathan Rudolph. Joining me is AJ Hayfley. And hockey is officially leading the way in North America back to major sports coming onto their field pitch, ice, whatever you want to call it. As today, Gary Bettman greeted the world with a press conference outlining officially how the NHL will be returning a welcome listen for hockey fans everywhere. And AJ and I will be digging into it today on this podcast. Let's start with some of the basic stuff. Some of the stuff that was said in rumors we kind of already knew was coming, right? 24 teams got that on lock. We saw that coming, but now, as as AJ looks ready to to yell and scream at me about something here, nope, no, you good? All right, all right, we'll get there. Uh, but they're coming back onto the ice. I guess I was going to start us with with the breakdown, but where we should probably start is the phasing. They're already in phase one for their plan to come back. Phase two is getting players onto the ice in small groups, which they expect to start at the beginning of June, which is now less than a week away. Uh, that would be handful of abs returning to their practice facility and, and skating with each other, not really full team practices or anything like that, but that ex- they expect that to last about a month and no earlier than July 1st is when the training camps would begin full on player training camps, full on team training camps where they can get everyone back up to as good of a game speed as you could hope basically. So yep. the idea of all Phase of three. Yeah, phase three. And and then the idea of all of this is to get real games going by the start of August. Yep. And phase four is the clubs reporting to their hub cities. Correct. And 
off we go. Yes. Let the, so, let the mayhem commence. And given, honestly, given the, the decisions they've made, this timeline may be a little bit tight. As we discovered with the 24 team format, the top four in each conference will be automatically top four seeded. They will have their round robin play. We'll get into that in a little bit for the Avs specifically. But the bigger news is the play in round with the remaining uh, 16 teams will be a best of five series. Yep. And AJ had talked about potentially trying to get this done as quick as possible, maybe even looking at a best of three. Not the case. They're going to go with the best of five. Every team gets a minimum of three games, like we've talked about with the round robin teams playing each other and potentially up to five for the play-in. But nonetheless, you're looking at 10 days, basically, is probably what you've scheduled out for the the play-in round until the proper playoffs begin. Yeah, I think 10 days is, is let's just say, just, just to make this a little easier, uh, you start play on August 1st. Yep. That's a Saturday. An amazing day to do it, honestly. <laughs> like August 1st, it's it's Saturday, and you know, you're on TV, you're the focus of the sports world, and you're gonna have hockey all day with these with this qualifying round. Um best of fives, you could honestly you could probably get realistically six games in. So Three games in each city. Sure. Starting early in the day and going until the till late at night. Um, that sounds awesome to me. You start them at like 11 a.m. noon. Just hockey all day. Just yeah, and in. and then you just you stagger. Uh, you stagger the start times. So one of them will start at first intermission of the other and you just bing bang boom maybe not even maybe not even uh have them overlap that much uh because there will have to be time for teams to get out of the arena and then yeah, clean everything and the team to come back in so you know maybe you know first maybe period not even that much. third period of the yeah of the first exactly one or whatever. yeah yeah something like that so that you're you're watching games and then um, you know, you're going until late in the night. It's going to be a different kind of schedule. There's not going to be the same kind of like morning skate and then go home and then nap and then get up and go and play at five o'clock or six o'clock, you know, whatever. It's not going to be that kind of rhythm as yep. long as what they do, they stay consistent with the players. So the teams that are in the early morning slot, they stay in the early morning slot or the, I should say the first time slot, not necessarily early morning, but the first time slot, they stay in this in the first time slot. That way they're not they're not cramming it in. You you can get you know ten days easily. Yeah. By August tenth, you should have you should have be get able to play it all. Yeah. Yeah. If if you haven't done it by then, I mean every other day. Let's see. Every other day. They would have to do multiple rinks. Which should get all of these in because they're gonna have twelve teams in two cities right. or in each city. And we'll get into that more when we look at the cities, but yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just, it's going to be a logistical nightmare for sure. Know? Yeah. It, it's not going to be easy to pull off, but 
yeah. it feels a lot more doable now that they do have a plan in place and and solid dates for some things. Well, and you wonder what broadcasting looks like yeah. because if they are going to have to broadcast from some of these practice facilities, you know, non non NHL rinks, like what does that look like? Are we getting you know rookie tournament caliber? broadcasts here or what yeah, you see and that can't that can't happen they've got to they've right. got to at least get the kind of a the, that has to be part of the selection process for the hub cities yep is the infrastructure has to be in place where you can go to multiple high quality rinks that already have some sort of a setup or one that you could rig up easily enough yeah for sure that so, it's not disaster look yeah yeah i i definitely think that's the case so i mean it's nice to have the plan outlines and it's great, man. It's it, something to look forward to and gives us something to talk about. And we got matchups now. Yeah. We even have Vegas odds coming out. Like this is the real those, thing. I mean, since you brought it up, the wait is finally over. You don't have to go to Vegas to get those odds. Now you can do it right here in Colorado with DraftKings Sportsbook. You can hop on there. I'm not sure if their odds are up for NHL yet, but believe me, they will be up very, very soon, I am sure. You can place your bets. I, I think AJ and I have, have talked about the Edmonton-Chicago series quite a bit already as a mm. certainly an interesting one to potentially put some money on a potential upset for. Uh, it's going to be awesome. To, to have a little bit of skin in the game with hockey coming back and DraftKings Sportsbook is legitimate as well. It's not one of these offshore gambling sites with all that sketchiness. No, it's based right here in the U.S. So you can be confident that your funds are secure. And if you want to scratch that competitive itch, you can also do free contests. You don't have to do betting. If you want to join their pools, don't have to risk any money and you can still have an opportunity to win yourself some cash prizes so download that top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now and you can use dnvr the code dnvr excuse me when you sign up for a limited time all new users will get a sign up bonus of a thousand dollars enter that dnvr code get that sign up bonus and use DraftKings sportsbook for your legal colorado sports betting must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first best match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast, where we are talking about hockey coming back. The That's hype right. is real. We're getting in on it. NHL leading the way as... There has been no real news from MLB or NBA about a return schedule, and the NFL has kind of just lived in limbo where they have their schedule, but nothing has really been announced about how anything is going to work. You've talked about the logistical nightmare of this, and the reality is we need to dive into that a little bit more. Number one, obviously the biggest hurdle for any of these leagues coming back is testing for COVID. And the NHL has outlined a potential for that, but it's not going to be cheap and it's not going to be easy. Yeah. The when, so when, when they get to the hub cities uh, and into, I think it's training camp hub cities. And then they actually get into all of this and they actually get into the games. The testing ramps up throughout the process. Yep. Uh, so it starts off pretty, pretty light and limited. And then it gets into daily testing by the end of, the postseason. So they said that 
they estimated between 25,000 and 30,000 tests um, saying that it's going to be millions of dollars yep. in order to acquire all of those. I think there's a, there's an ethical question here. Certainly. Uh, Could those tests be going to a more important place or. Right. And if the way, the way that I see it is uh, for every test that the NHL buys for itself, it should buy for their community, their own community, um, whatever, like, however they, however they go about it, they should be matching it. Yeah. It's obviously not my money. (laughs) <laughs> so it's very easy for me to spend it. But I think to avoid uh, the kind of embracing that professional athlete privilege um, when while all of this is still going on and affecting our day-to-day lives, I do think that they should be doing something to tackle, tackle that aspect of it. Because I think it does look bad uh, that they're just like, hey, we're going to spend millions of dollars uh, on – up to thirty thousand yeah, so that we for, can play some games for a bunch of rich dudes, right? And and at the same time, that you know, that's going to lead to it could lead to delays in uh, getting results back from laboratories from other people's testing from common folk testing. And I guess if you couldn't see, I was using the air quotes. So, <laughs> this is gonna be a this a is gonna be a podcast audio yeah. form only as well. So um <clears throat> you know they there there could lead to delays in the in getting the results from labs. It could also drive up prices uh for states that are still trying to buy tests yep. so that they can that they can administer them and again so people can come and get them. That makes it a more expensive proposition. If the NHL is willing to shell out millions of dollars already, um they I think they should just go all the way. And I think they should match. I think they should match it. They spend, they buy 30,000 tests for themselves. They should buy 30,000 tests for whatever city they go to, whatever state they're in, you know, whatever, you know, to, to at least try and give off the, the appearance of them trying to actually care that this is still a pretty serious issue here. People are still going to be dying from this. Uh, there's no vaccine and that this is, this is still like a thing going on. As as much as 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 much as the sports world is kind of just like we're back. Yeah, I mean, look, there is a place for entertainment and it being a good thing to have in the totally. in the world, but there are levels of necessity and the health of the entire North America, if not the world at large, is is simply more important, in my opinion, at the very least. Yeah, like there are there are ethical questions here. Um, you and I aren't really here to pass that judgment. We are not. Like we are here mostly to talk about the hockey. <laughs> we're right. Like people are and look, like to be honest, like you guys, you guys aren't gonna be swayed ethically either way by whatever we have to say. That's not why you guys listen to us. So I mean, um, at least hope it's not why you listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't want to feel like we're not taking it seriously enough or that we're being irresponsible and having our conversations. It's just that know that yeah, that idea there, is there. There are experts in the world that you guys should consult for how you want to feel about the ongoing situation. Exactly. Um Rudo Rudo and AJ are not the moral center of the hockey universe that you guys should be tuning into it's a conversation worth having 
just do it with the right people. And maybe yeah. AJ and I are not the, the right, right people for that one. Um, I don't know how I feel about that, that you listen to the soothing <laughs> voices to put you to sleep. Is that good or bad? I don't know. Yeah. I, it, <laughs> are we that is, boring? <laughs> that is a backhanded compliment if I've ever received one. <laughs> well, deriving us back to the hockey conversation, regardless of the ethical side, looking at the logistics, you have 25 to 30,000 tests. Not only that, but you're bringing hundreds and hundreds of people into a hub city. So let's take a look at some of these hub city options that are out there right now. There are a couple that not a big surprise. We'd heard plenty of rumors about uh, Vegas, excuse me. Toronto was another one that had been thrown around a lot. Vancouver as well. Columbus and Dallas also have been prominently um, featured in these conversations. Yeah, exactly. So, Plenty of of non-surprises, but as I bring up the list here, you can see the full list includes Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Vegas, L.A., Minneapolis, St. Paul, Pittsburgh, Toronto, Vancouver. So the one that really jumped out to me that I had not considered was L.A. I just, just don't know that it makes a ton of sense, but yeah. the I think the rinks, uh, their practice facility is significant yes they had from that standpoint excellent i would agree they have like, a ton of room a ton of rinks to use wouldn't take a ton of setup to to get everything they need going there and the hotel situation especially since they'll be still they'll, they'll be based largely around staples center um the the hotel situation right there easy enough yep so that made sense to me. It also removes any possibility of any because all these other uh, playoff teams, if I'm wrong, yeah. all of these other cities have teams that are involved in this. Correct. So you'd have the home rank advantage, even if there aren't fans. Right. And like we can talk about that. I don't think there is much of one, um, just given there are no fans. They're not going to get to stay in their own locker room. Um, but, you know. They're probably going to have to stay in a hotel anyway, just for for the Foreign isolation and yeah. contact tracing and all of that. The home teams are probably going to have to sleep in a hotel. So, um, I think that they there's are. Just, I would argue there's still a level of familiarity there, though. No, there is. Uh, you know, especially on the ice, you're more familiar with how the boards play. Um, you're just you're just more comfortable in that building. Like there there absolutely is like that, but. All of the things that you you build up into the home ice advantage, the big ones aren't there. Sure. I, so I agree with that. How much of a home ice advantage it turns into, we don't know. Maybe we go through this and the two host cities just destroy. And, <laughs> and you look go, back hmm. on it, we're like, boy, <laughs> why did we ever think this would work? And like, it's a learning, uh, it's a, it's totally, a, you know, we, we know for the next pandemic. File that away, I think. Great. <laughs> So <laughs> we have, you know, the I, I'm, eh, but I think I think two cities that I have uh, quite a bit of hands-on experience with that I I know would work very well for this are Dallas and Vegas. I 
Vegas just makes too much sense not to. The the <laughs> hotel does. situation is a slam dunk. We've right. talked about the rinks before with the the practice facility have. There are enough rinks to manage 12 teams assuming they can get the broadcast set up set up for the uh, practice rinks, but yeah. They're, you're talking about so 12 teams are going to roll in. They're going to have they're they're allowed 50 personnel maximum. Uh and that includes players, obviously. Yeah. So you're talking 12 teams. That's you need 600 hotel rooms. Yep. Vegas. And that doesn't include potential family members and other right, things. Which is still being discussed. So yeah. that has not been decided yet. But you're talking at least 600 rooms. So Vegas scoffs at that number. Like That's like a quarter of one hotel. In right. Vegas. Like You're like, oh, okay. So the bottom floor of the park MGM, like, right. <laughs> cool so like that's that's where that logistically like in vegas just the location of hotels uh versus where the rent where t-mobile is if they have if they use the practice facility out in summerlin it's right next to red rock casino um all of that is walking distance yep very easy very easy contact tracing very easy isolation very very easy i I don't know why Vegas hasn't been announced as one of these cities. It's the perfect city for this. Yeah, it, I would agree with you. There, if it's not Vegas, I will be very, very surprised as one of the cities. It, it makes way too much sense. It's alleviates so many of the logistical issues for the league. It just seems like an easy slam dunk. Edmonton has a little bit of that going too, in that the rink is connected. Yeah. Uh, to a lot of infrastructure, and so that that gives them you can keep it all nearby and contained, kind of. Yeah, exactly. That gives them unique isolation opportunities, and uh, I think that's going to be important. The issue with Edmonton is that it's in Canada, and right now Canada has a anybody that comes across the border has to quarantine for fourteen days. Yep. So it's. You know, there's there's the issue of how do they handle that? Uh, I saw one of the I don't know all of the names of what the top politicians in Canadian provinces are. Uh, so I'm sorry that I'm just that ignorant American. But the one of the top guys in Alberta today was saying that they had spoken with the NHL about possibly creating sort of a bubble for the quarantine so that everybody comes in at one time and then they all kind of quarantine from there quarantine together type thing yeah like which isn't like isolation yeah but you know it it's a way for them to kind of address that situation we'll we'll see there's some negotiating with the governments that still has to take place because you know um, i mean it, it goes well beyond canada right players like ranton and having to come back from finland and, and right it's like it's just that in canada specifically right now that's that restriction is in place that's not in place for the united you're states talking about a hub city there. right and so you're t- you're talking about a city that as is hosting the games they go through all this training camp stuff and then hey let's fly to edmonton and then the, it just disappears for two weeks because right. everybody 14 days off all of a sudden and it's right like, and it's uh... like well, Turns out training camp was a huge waste of time. Yeah. So this is all something that they just have to address. Uh, Dallas is another place that is that has great infrastructure for this. Uh, the hotels in the area of the rink are robust. There's tons of eateries right around there. 
Um, I have no issues with worries about ice conditions in the summer. There will not be 20,000 people inside the, inside the rink warming it up. If they aren't able to handle cooling down the rink um, at that point, point, yeah, like you're, we should be beyond that technology wise. If this was 1975, I would say that that's a concern. We also wouldn't be on StreamYard right now. So, <laughs> you know, different very, world. Very true. Uh, so, that announcement would have come in the morning paper. So, I, I do think that um, ice conditions are a fair concern, but I think that it's more instead of it's playing it's on hot. the ice for games a day. Exactly. Yeah. It's this rink has hosted three games, and by the third game, it's quite significantly chopped up. And then, you know, what what is the what does it look like when you've hosted games on there? When you've hosted three games a day for five days in a row? Yeah. What I does it look has like? It just completely fallen apart at that point. Right. So I think that ice conditions are going to be a concern because that's that's going to be tricky. This is, you know, the whoever gets out there first is going to be very happy. Yeah, that the morning crew might uh, might prefer quite a bit, especially if you're well. Who knows? If you're a team like St. Louis, maybe you want to play in the evening where you can just totally muck it up. But if you're a skill team, you're going to want that fresh ice. Hundred um, percent. Either way. The league is going to have to be extremely flexible uh, one way or another. You could even say like rubber, just like they make over at Denver Rubber Company, the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Denver Rubber Company is an essential business and has filled a ton of needs for several industries, including military defense, medical, government, wind energy, and even food and beverage during these crazy times. They're family-owned and operated and diehard sports fans just like everyone here at DNVR. They're known for cutting and supplying rubber snowplow blades, but they also provide custom rubber cut to any shape and size, foam gaskets, hose assemblies. They can even cut metal parts for you if that's what you need for your project. So give them a call today at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNVR. All right. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Rudo and AJ. There are a couple of things I still want to get into. The first being very quickly because I think they made the right decision here with the NHL draft. The draft lottery is essentially as normalized as it, as it could possibly be. That's super not true. They could have waited until after the playing round but, and then had the lottery and this would the, this whole thing would be a but at the end it's this result is going to be the same that they it's made it as chaotic as possible. But they didn't change the format is yeah. my point. It's the same teams that miss the playoffs officially will have a chance to win the first overall pick, second overall pick, third overall pick. It's perfectly normal. So it doesn't feel like the past four years have stood for nothing when it comes to the the new draft lottery. Yeah. Uh, the, The league stayed consistent on their approach to tanking and lottos. That feels very nice because rewarding Detroit with a guaranteed top two pick just because a pandemic happened when they knew that they were bad and they were trying to be bad. Um, just given what we've seen with Colorado, the last couple of lotteries, it's, yeah. it just, we were all prepared to be upset about that for that reason. And now we don't have to be. So that, 
that that kind of consistency is rare from the NHL and nice. It's very nice. It's comforting. It's a it's a warm embrace that I'll enjoy until Detroit wins the lottery. <laughs> you know it's gonna happen. Just mm-hmm. just accept it. But I'm not I'm not stupid. I can <laughs> I can see that it's an even year. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. He's he's followed the trends. He knows. Uh, anyway, back to the on ice products for the Avs. It starts with three games against three different opponents. The seating is going to be what the seating is going to be. We talked about that before. They're probably trying to avoid Nashville in the back half of the the top four, but how important are these games for the abs, the, the round robin games to get one, their feet under them and two get a feel for what are likely going to be their top opponents deeper in the playoffs. We still don't totally know yet because they haven't decided what the format looks like starting in the second round. Right. They have said, Nothing official there. There could be reseeding. Right. They said the player's choice was to reseed. The league's choice was to go with uh, with a set bracket. Yep. And they have not decided which one of those they want to do yet. So we're not entirely sure. Um, to answer one of our questions that we had on the Periscope earlier, um, filling out the bracket's going to be real hard to do until we get a format. Yep. Um, you know, we don't even know what the second the second round on looks like uh, just because they haven't decided yet. If they reseed, you want the one seed because I, that gives you, that gives you the weakest opponent getting, every round. Right. It's, I mean, there's a world where the weakest opponent ends up being Chicago, but right. And, and you have a best of five series against them or a best of seven. Again, they haven't decided. Yep. Um, as they said, both the first end round could be best of five or best of seven. Great then, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for all the hard work on this presentation. <laughs> so many things decided and, and some crucial details still left out. Yeah. But and, and I get like timing of it is still um no play in games are not the first round. They are not they are the play season. They are not playoffs. They're their right. own specific little bubble of magic. Right. So they said that the regular season has concluded, but they don't know what they're going to do for uh, stat counting when it comes to the qualifying round games and the round robin games. They don't know if those will count as playoff games or what. So that's, again, to be determined. Uh, But when we say first round or second round, uh, we're talking about of the actual playoff bracket. Not the qualifying the proper round. 16 team. Right yeah. Here. The qualifying round is the qualifying round or the play in round. That's what that is. And yep. they're playing to get into the first round. So uh, that distinction was made today when Bettman said that the, the play in round is not the playoffs. So Caesars is certainly hoping to recoup some of that lost money on the Chicago <laughs> bets. Yeah, man. We'll, uh, We'll see if they can't weasel their way out of that one. Or something. Yeah, right. The house is about to lose a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, um, until until we really get that field, like you want the one seed, right? Like you want the one. I seed, mean, obviously, you want the one seed. Yeah. What you do? What you really don't want is Vegas or Vegas is St. Louis in the second round. Yeah, you you want that for the conference finals, right? Yeah. 
and you want them to have to go through two teams first. Like right. you, you want them worn down too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want them to feel it a little bit. You don't want you don't want St. Louis St. Louis with as fresh legs as possible. You want them feeling something, feeling the effects of at least two playoffs. Something years. you can take advantage of a little bit, find the yeah. holes. Yeah, for sure. So, um. I, I think that that's the hope. Rick, that's the whole point of the seeding. Uh, for clarification, the the playoff or the the the, the round robin. Since I I was surprised a lot of people were confused by that. They'll the top four teams. So Colorado, St. Louis, Vegas, and Dallas will just play each other one time. And then I assume that they're going based on points because they are using overtimes. Are yeah, it's regular season over three three on three five minute overtime and then shoot right. out for the exactly. for the round robin games. So. so to do that gives them a lot of easy tiebreakers. Um, yeah. But they also said that any ties at the end of the round robin will be decided by regular season point percentage. Yep. So. Just go three and zero and remove that, and get yeah, the top two. No, don't need no tiebreakers. Just win, baby. Yeah, <laughs> you don't. You don't want a bunch of two and one. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's so, the fear, right? Is that you get four two and one? Yeah, and then you you end up flipping coins for the one seed, basically. Well, and then you played all those games for nothing because you yep. go on. You go on regular season point percentage, and the, it just goes back to what it was. Cool. So St. Louis is still one. Got it. Next. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, nonetheless, the games, you know, they're going to be interesting as the three will be teams getting back into game shape, at least to some extent. Well, it's going to be exciting as hell. Yeah. Because you're going to go from, I, I think the scheduling of this is going to be interesting. Yeah. Because you're going to, you're going to have part of the 50 personnel, I think, is going to be pro scouts, advanced scouts who are going to be looking at the other teams Film but stuff like that. Right. Scheduling could make that hard because normally you'd be looking at one series and you yeah. can, you can hone in on those two teams and say, okay, these are our matchups. Even at the end of the regular season, you'd been, you'd been stocking three teams for a month, but knowing I, what your positioning was yeah. more or less going to be. Especially if you have a reseed, you have no idea who you're who you yep. could be playing. This like. this will be chaos. Like you could be anywhere from the first seed to the fourth seed. You could have any of those eight teams as your matchup, and then the next round could get reseeded, and you could be you could be in a position where you haven't looked at that team very much at all. So the the scheduling of this is going to play a role in what kind of advanced scouting they're going to have and how much time they're going to have. Yep. Their goal is to get this done in under 60 days. Yeah. That's five rounds of postseason. Now, granted, some of them might be best of five, so they they would be abridged rounds, but you're talking <laughs> that's still a ton of hockey that you have to schedule, especially because you're in one city. Right. And you have realistically three, maybe four rinks that you're using. Right. And you know, once you get down to round of eight, round of four, you know, that becomes right. less of an issue. But and they did mention that if things continue to open up and we get yeah. back, we get closer to life as normal. Conference finals, the Stanley Cup finals could theoretically be played in home rinks, home cities, still almost certainly without fans. But oh, yeah, I think at that point it would definitely I yeah, I think that's weird. But I get it. Like, yeah, I, th I think I think if 
Colorado and Washington ended up in the Stanley Cup finals. Them deciding it in Columbus would be fine. <laughs> Depends on the, yeah, whatever. how far are you traveling? I mean, <laughs> like whatever, right? Yeah, like, it's it's fine. But look, the virtual yeah. parade's going to be great either way. That's all. That's yeah, like the probably not going to be much of a parade for this. We'll have a party at the bar though. Absolutely, we'll have a party at the bar. Which keep your eyes out. Yeah, just you know, ear to the ground for an announcement in the next day or so. Yep, it's all it's all I'm saying on that one. But yeah, today we celebrate hockey on the road to return. So go grab your Breck brews, have a beer. I'm getting mine delivered right now. Actually, it hasn't come yet, but I'm drinking tonight, boys. It's we're celebrating hockey coming back. Still a good, you know really two months out until they're playing NHL games, but they're the first on the block. The NBA, they haven't announced a comeback yet. MLB haven't announced a comeback yet. Hockey has. So finally something to look forward to. And I'm super excited to dive into what this playoff could look like, what the abs can do. So yeah, I guess that's it. Unless you got anything to add, AJ. Um, Boy, we didn't get to talk about awards at all. We didn't get to talk McCarr versus Hughes. That's that's should Nathan McKinnon get the heart trophy? We we still got two months to, to talk about all of that. <laughs> there was it feels like we had so much that we still have to talk about. All of a sudden, yeah, for the first time in two months, we, yeah, we we can't fit it all into one show. <laughs> yeah, true. We've got other shows that need to get going too. Yep. So. Bunch of fun stuff on the horizon. Uh, we still will have a prospect watch tomorrow, which we will be doing Mook Madulin. And we'll have a, a fun little podcast interview with Brendan Brisson as well, uh, as we finally got that all set up and good to go. So the prospect stuff will still be happening, uh, admittedly, with the assumption that the draft is now happening in probably like October or something. Yeah, I guess that was one of the other details of this was Colorado will not be involved in the lottery at all, and we'll have to wait until their playoff run is over for them to know what their playoff, or to know what their draft spot actually ends up being. And we'll see. Yep. We will see is exactly correct. Come on. But the draft is now tomorrow's problem as getting the NHL back is in the immediate future, figuring out who's going to win those awards. I'm sure we'll have that conversation later in the week, but we are out of here for today. I hope y'all are excited about hockey coming back as we are. Thank you for listening, whether it was live or on the audio podcast. And other than that, we are sponsored by MSU Denver online who puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs right here in Denver all the time. Almost 80% of graduates hang around the city. And some of our very own staff members at DNVR will be taking MSU Denver online classes this summer. Thanks for hanging out, everyone. Much appreciated. Hope you have a good rest of your return Tuesday. We will be back on Wednesday. DNVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. DNVR Avalanche.